On today's insights, acting with purpose. Are your web pages helping or hurting your conversion numbers? Instagram launched a TikTok competitor. Do we need to develop a social strategy on Reels or double down on what works best? And have job application conversion rates dropped since COVID? Insights is brought to you by Haley Marketing. Right now, we're talking to lots of staffing companies that want to do more marketing, but money is tight. That's why we created three new low-cost marketing services to help you sell more. First, there's Haley Mail Lead Gen, a three-month content and direct marketing campaign to show employers how to reopen for business and better use staffing services. Second, there's Talent On Demand. The service positions your company as an ideal partner for last-minute needs and helps you better cross-sell all the kinds of positions you can fill. Finally, we're offering our digital sales toolkit that combines video email, web content, email marketing, and more to make your outbound sales efforts easier and more productive. To learn more about any of these services, give us a call at 888-696-2900 or visit haleymarketing.com slash COVID dash recovery. This is Insights. Welcome to Insights, tips and best practices from the insiders at Haley Marketing. Insights will provide you with the tools you need to master your social media, digital marketing, and employer branding. Your hosts for Insights are Brad Biley and Matt Lozar. What's up? This is Brad Biley and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are we doing this week, buddy? We're good, Brad. We are, we're squeezing out as much of summer as we can, which we need to do this year. I think we're in shorts and sleeves weather. I woke up this morning, we're at like low 60s. I think it's shorts and a long sleeve. I think we're getting close to that. It's, it's cooler in August, which is unusual for the Northeast this time yeah. of year. But the, the sad part, and I, I love August, is the sunset. Sure. Just feels like it, it's creeping up on us, but that's why we're enjoying a nice weather. Schools, well, we won't talk about school, nope. and we'll we'll jump right here into another episode of Insights. Before we do, you had a big golf tournament last weekend. How'd we do? Uh, we did okay. okay. Why don't we finish? We didn't win, but we had fun. It's always it's always interesting if you're a golfer or if you're in any you play any comp- sport and you play it competitively. Yep, it's it's different because. You know, if you care a little bit, you want to win. Or even if you are a golfer, you know, those two foot, three foot putts that I say, hey, Brad, that's good. It doesn't work that way. I hear you. So it's a lot of fun. You know, it's it was a fun tournament. And, you know, we'll keep we'll keep working to get better. That's, That's all we can control. One day at a time, right? That's right. Matt, let's hop into segment one. Acting with purpose. Are your web pages helping or hurting your conversion numbers? Matt, we look at hundreds of staffing and recruiting firm websites across the country. And one thing that we're constantly looking at and constantly evaluating is how well a web page is funneling traffic to a conversion page, somewhere where a job seeker can take action and apply to a job, somewhere that a hiring manager can actually take action and request an employee or request information on services. And you know, when you think about a website, you think about a web page, Matt, we need to be funneling that traffic. So that someone that enters on a site, a page like a blog article or enters just by finding you in search, they know how to take action. They know where to request information. 
So Matt, the question becomes, if your web pages aren't funneling traffic the right way, are they actually hurting you? This comes back to really thinking about your goals and not only company goals, but individual page goals. And a fantastic first place to start is your homepage. Sure. When someone goes to that homepage, what does it lead them to the next step that is important to your staffing agency in your company right now? Homepages you know, are super great. important. Yeah. It can look great. It can have some good messaging, but if there's not a call to action for sales side or recruiting side, you know, or both, whatever's important to your company, that's that's the easiest first place to start thinking about this importance of what's on the page. I think for a lot of people, what happens with a homepage is you're trying to pack as much information as you can onto one sheet of paper, right? It's almost like that one landing page. And while you want to be strategic and you want to say as much as you can about your staffing firm on that homepage, less is often more. And guiding people to take action, guiding people to that page where they can learn more about very targeted information is really the better approach. If you have a super long homepage, you know, the truth of the matter is people aren't scrolling that far. They're not going to get down to the bottom of that. You think even more on a mobile device. If you have a long homepage on a mobile device, you're now asking a lot out of a job seeker, out of a hiring manager. So you want to be really strategic and you really want to consolidate that copy. You want to consolidate that messaging, be incredibly concise and incredibly you know, short with what you're trying to say and guide people to that next page. If you're a job seeker looking for work, click here, you know, more captivating copy. If you're a hiring manager and you need to request an employee, giant button, funnel those people to take action. And then it's time to really look at some other, you know, if it's sub pages or next level pages in, in your, in your website, it could even be as easy as your job board. You know, how easy is it for someone to convert there? Like we've seen there's good job boards and bad job boards with candidate applications. When someone has to click on a job link or has to read the job description, how easy is it for them to, you know, apply for a job? Or if you have job agent email alert signups, how easy is it for you to have that information available to catch someone's eye who's been to your page a hundred times before, or if today was the first time they ever went to your page? Bad job boards are certainly hurting your brand. They're certainly hurting your conversion. And truthfully, they're really hurting your, your, your deployment and your uh, actual ability to place candidates on assignment. If your job board is not easily accessible on mobile, isn't easily accessible on desktop, isn't allowing a candidate to apply how they want to, you're ultimately hurting your chances of getting the best talent. You know, people want to apply how they want to apply. If I am on my couch with my iPhone and I'm thinking, I want to apply now, can I do that? Is that page working for somebody that's only has an iPhone? Maybe they don't have a desktop. Or are you restricting who can apply because you're, you're limiting the technology? So Matt, you absolutely need to make sure that the job board is doing what it should, is funneling people the right way and making it easy for people to apply. We, we talked about the two most popular pages on a site, the homepage and the job board, but you know the, the point of this segment also, I think, was to look at a lot of those other pages. If it was your blog, you know, if you have a blog, which you should, you know, what's it like to funnel someone to one of those conversion pages or your job seekers page, a contact us page, an employer's page, even about us FAQ page, anything that 
you know, someone goes to that page, what's that next step you want them to look at? And then once you think about that, if you really want to take it to that next level, you know, analyze the Google analytics of your, of your page and see what, you know, statistics are of like exit rate or bounce rate on those pages to see if they're working well. Definitely look at the bounce rate and and bounce rate means somebody is coming to your page and they're leaving without going to an additional page. So if you have in Google analytics, a web page that has an incredibly high bounce rate, it means that people are coming, they're looking at that page and they're not taking the next action. Matt, you mentioned the blog and I want to stay on that for one real quick second here. Your blog sidebars are prime real estate. The side of a blog article is prime real estate. Think through what is in that sidebar. If someone's reading an article about resume tips and it's job seeker focused, that sidebar should be driving people to apply to a job. It shouldn't be about requesting an employee. You need to think through the messaging and who might be reading that content and get that person to the right page. If your sidebar is just listing your blog categories, maybe it's a blog archive, maybe it's showing your recent posts, you're really missing out on an opportunity to say, okay, I have a job seeker on this page. Where should they go next? Where can we push them to and drive them to next? Get them to your job board. Get them maybe to a contact form. Get them to, if it's a newsletter that you want them to subscribe to, get them there. But think through, okay, if person A lands on this blog and reads it, what is my main goal with them? The main goal isn't for them to read the article. The main goal is either to apply or request service, right? Get them to do that. In a great way, and this will probably wrap up the segment, I just thought of this here. We talked about on past episodes of Insights to have someone else apply for your jobs. Maybe have someone look at this page and provide honest, candid feedback because we're guilty of it all the time, I'm sure, at Haley Marketing or any company you know, you own or you work for to where you visit the website numerous times a day, a week, a month, it becomes, you put blinders on because you know how to navigate your website with your eyes closed. But those aren't the people you're trying to encourage to get to convert. You're trying to get those new visitors, maybe someone that comes to your page every once in a while. So really ask some people for their honest feedback and get down to the basics of the message on the page. Like Brad said, Look at that prime real estate to think about how you can get people to convert, to take that next step with your company. Instagram recently launched a TikTok competitor called Reels. Matt, we hear this time after time when talking with clients, when talking with prospects, when just looking at maybe Twitter or LinkedIn, people are always asking, do we need a strategy for each platform in staffing and recruiting? Do we need a TikTok strategy? Do we need a Snapchat strategy? What should we be doing now that Reels is here? Do we need a YouTube strategy? Matt, do we need to develop a strategy on every single social platform? Do staffing and recruiting firms need to be omni-channel and be everywhere? Or do we double down on what we know works best, lean into it, and leverage what works best? I'll let you give your take here first. My first take is that I'm old and didn't know what Instagram Reels is or was. Um, So it shows my age. That's why you got me. That's why I have my co-host here. (laughs) Um, But after I just totally discredited my future opinion in this segment, I do think it goes back to how Brad set up the question. And it goes back to a lot of the principles we talk about with any marketing strategy or tactic. It's, you know, do you need to be everywhere? The answer is no. You don't need to be on all 
of the platforms because your audience isn't on all of the platforms. That's where I like to take a step back and think about what are your goals? What is your goal for your business? What types of information do you want to acquire? And then dig a little deeper into each platform and look at what's the content that works on that platform and is your audience on that platform. For example, the content in the audience on Facebook is different than LinkedIn, is different than TikTok or Reels, is different than Pinterest. All of those have very specific demographics of people who use those social media applications more often. So that's where I don't think you need to be everywhere unless you're, you know, Coca-Cola. Sure. But if you're a staffing agency or recruiter, really dig down and think about your goals, that content and your audience. I can support that take. I think, yes, if you're Coca-Cola and you have the budget and you have the resources, then absolutely you want to be everywhere. You have the money, the time, the, the assets to do that. And it, it may not have been a good example for my part because that's their that's their consumer brand. That's not right. really their does their employer brand need to be everywhere? Maybe not. But to get you to get Brad Bailey to buy a bottle of Coca-Cola, that's a bit that's a different strategy. So yeah. maybe it was a bad example for my part, but it, it helps us with this example. Their employer brand isn't everywhere. And and it's not that I follow Coca-Cola on Twitter or I follow Coca-Cola on Instagram, but even through an advertising platform where I, I'm very active on social media, I don't see their ads about working for Coca-Cola. They're very targeted with what they're doing. You know, Matt, for me, I think it's going to come down to resources. It's going to come down to availability and it's going to come down to really your time and your effort. You know, should you be omni-channel, be everywhere in a perfect scenario, in a best case scenario? Yes. The truth of the matter is staffing and recruiting firms, at least 99% of them don't have a 30 person team putting out social content. We need to be incredibly strategic with what we're doing and double down on what works. Now, that's not to say that we don't want to try new things. You know, Matt, you know me. I love experimenting with new ideas. Insights here, this is the first episode that we're trying to record video uh, to support it. You know, dish that out on YouTube, dish that out on Facebook. Uh, Granted, I busted my lip over the weekend golfing, so we're not going to use this video. We're probably going to use this one as a test. But we're experimenting with new ideas. We're trying to leverage content in different ways. So do you need an Instagram Reels strategy? The answer is probably not. Now, staffing and recruiting firms, the main goal here is applications and job orders. And when we think through what drives application and job orders, Matt, it's, it's really selling the employer brand. It's selling the job. It's selling the opportunity. And we can do that on a site like Facebook. We could do that on a site like LinkedIn. For eight years now, Matt, at Haley, I have led the charge for Twitter in the staffing and recruiting industry. And I'm so close to saying that it's just not feasible and it's just not worth it. You know, we've said that on Insights before and and it stinks, but, you know, Twitter is a conversation. And if your team doesn't have the resources to have those conversations all day, then it's not the best platform for you. Double down on Facebook, double down on those ads. Um, and Matt, I know I'm kind of going in circles here. I'm saying on one hand, you want to be everywhere. On the other, you need to double down, but it, it really depends on your resources. You can make great captivating imagery, size it right, dish it to Instagram, dish it to Facebook, get it all over the place, but why not just double down on what works? I think what, as you kind of circled around for me, what I heard there is ROI. Right. Where, 
do you want to, I mean, you can get short-term active ROI on a lot of those platforms, which I think is what we're talking about. If you really want to dig into longer-term ROI, which is almost an oxymoron to get ROI on branding videos, I mean, they're important, but we're never going to get direct ROI out of that. You might see long-term improvements with quality of applications, number of applications, but in a difficult economic time where people are really looking at all of their expenses, it's challenging for you to go to the decision maker in your company and ask for budget for something that may never directly come back with revenue. Like if we want to put time into Instagram, Reels, TikTok, whatever, it could be great. We come back and say, we got a million impressions over the last three months. They could say, how many applications did that get us? And I'm going to say, I have no idea because it's, it may be zero. It could be a thousand. It's, it's the ongoing challenge of marketing, not just in staffing and recruiting, but in any industry, because, you know, we, I'm in Facebook groups for employer branding, for recruitment marketing. It's a challenge that not just, you know, our audience has, but any company has to try to go get budget that I'm sure companies are having this conversation literally this week about Instagram reels. And do we need a strategy? You brought up a really interesting point about ROI and what is ROI, right? If you're thinking through your return on investment of a social media post, is the ROI getting an application from that one post or is it we want to have this brand in this image and we want to look unlike any other staffing firm and the ROI on that is we want to make sure that we're getting engagement, we're getting impressions, we are different than everybody else. And if that's the case, then your ROI is not an application. It's making sure you have thousands of impressions on really, really captivating content that's different than the typical staffing firm. I, we haven't quoted or referenced Gary Vaynerchuk a while on this. Friend of, not friend of show. We're a fan of his. Um, but he had a point opinion a while back and you t- talked about that ROI of it's we almost hold the ROI of social media and digital to a much higher standard than I think we did 20, 30 years ago of what our digital, whatever marketing was. Like there is very little ROI of a billboard, a physical right. billboard next to the road. Could you put a unique phone number on it and track it? Of course. But for the banner advertisement on Google's, you know, display network of websites for banner advertisements you see on any website you go to or Facebook ads, they're like, what's the ROI of that? And it's like, I don't know, but like, do you have the ROI of your billboard or your sign at the minor league baseball game? You don't, but it's, I'm not sure if it's fair or not. So it's an interesting debate. As you said, Brad, like what's the ROI you want from that tactic? Could talk about that for another hour and, and billboard metrics and vanity metrics, right? Just because 50,000 people drive by your billboard every day doesn't mean they're calling you. If anything, they should be looking at the road. They shouldn't be looking at your billboard and writing down your phone number, right? And it's thinking through the fact of also, if somebody else is in the car with them, they're looking at their iPhone. They're not looking at your billboard. They're looking at the billboards on Twitter. They're looking at the billboards on Facebook. So Matt, I, I feel like we did a really good job talking around this topic. Maybe we didn't give uh, the listeners a real concrete, this is what you need to do. But you know, for me to wrap it up, and then I'll, I'll you know, let you wrap it up as well. But when you think through new social platforms, you think through new things that are popping up, TikTok, Reels, maybe still even Snapchat. You know, I, I still use Snapchat from a branding standpoint, uh, an organizational standpoint. I see very little value there. Um, for me, 
it, it's always going to boil down to resources. If you have the resources to try new and exciting things, then absolutely do that. Otherwise, you really want to double down on what's working best. And you need to look at what your goals are. Are your goals more applications and more job orders? Then if so, what social strategy, what social tactics are going to drive applications and job orders? An Instagram post that looks beautiful that you took at the local lake last weekend might get 50, 60 likes because you're tagging hashtag Buffalo, hashtag Buffalo, New York, hashtag, you know, photography. Is that driving applications? No, no one is clicking a link on Instagram. They're looking at Instagram like it's a photo album. If your goal though is to be localized and your goal is to drive impressions from the local area, then that's great for you. You need to just think through what your main goal is with social media and understand that all ROI isn't measured equally. There are different things and different tactics that you're going to do on social that are going to yield different results. And that's okay. Yeah. Building off the goals. I think what I talked about in the beginning of the segment was content and audience. It's, you know, what, what content works on the platform is your audience there. And if it matches the goals that Brad just had a phenomenal opinion and insight about, then you should do it. If you have those resources, if not, Double down on what works and continue to squeeze out as much ROI as possible. Have job application conversion rates dropped since COVID-19? Matt, this is your sweet spot. I know you love looking at data analytics, looking at those conversion metrics, looking at different numbers and and seeing what's happening throughout the industry. So I did this last episode. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to ask the question and then I'm going to shut up and listen because I want to hear what you have to say about this. Have job application conversion rates dropped since COVID-19? It was, it's interesting because I love data way more than a lot of people do. And we've hit it heavy on the Ask Haley blog on insights here the past few episodes. And I, I think it's, it's a very perfect time to look at this data because Everyone was saying, did job applications go down? Because we had record low unemployment in February. We had record high unemployment in March and April as it slowly has decreased. But it was this surprising kind of market challenge that we had this high unemployment, but nobody was applying for jobs. Because I think of the three factors of the federal unemployment bonus, childcare, and safety. Like, there may be other ones, but to me, that that's where it breaks down. And we wanted to dig into the data to see if it really was a factor, because there were some studies out there that said the federal unemployment bonus wasn't affecting it, which didn't add up to me. And maybe in some other industries, it's it's that is correct. But we really wanted to look at a couple of cases in staffing and recruiting, and the data really backed it up. So COVID-19 did impact those conversion rates. You're thinking through the fact that, you know, yes, people were afraid to go back to work. People were collecting unemployment checks. COVID-19 had a direct response on the conversion rates on your job board. I think it has because we walked through two examples in the blog. I'll talk about one here. It's for a company in Pennsylvania, you know, warehouse manufacturing company. And for this analysis, I looked at three time periods. I looked at May to July in 2019, May to July 2020, those are very the same time frames of the year. And then I also, in between that, looked at December to February, which was the last time frame we had before the pandemic. Sure. So the thing with this example that really stood out to me 
was, yes, the application rates did decrease, but only up to a certain point. If we're looking at jobs that were $14 an hour or under, it went from about 4.5% conversion rates to 2.5%. And the cost per application went up about 5 to $8. So it was more expensive and fewer people were converting. The same thing happened in that $15 to $16 an hour range, right? Lower conversion rates, higher cost per application. When we got to the $17 an hour job for this client, their conversion rates actually improved and the cost per application decreased. Their conversion rates went from about five to six and a half percent. Their cost per application was around 12 to 13. It went to under 10. To me, that $17 an hour was an inflection point for this client. You know, I didn't run the hard math for Pennsylvania unemployment and federal unemployment, but maybe that was the comfort level for this client's audience, those job candidates to want to go back to work in this situation. It's interesting thought of my, how much is my safety worth, right? How much is my my concern for safety worth? Unanswerable question. Yeah. But to me, I think the even simpler one is, you know, if you do the math out, maybe $17 an hour was very just below even or just above okay. all the unemployment, um, you know, revenue or paychecks you were able to get on a, a weekly basis. That's interesting, Matt. And I think what's important here to know is that you're constantly looking at that data. You're constantly looking at what's going on throughout the industry. And as director of recruitment marketing, you're always looking at what's going on in the industry so that we can better have these conversations, right? With either clients on insights with prospects. It's all about understanding what's going on around us so that we can help educate others. And what I think was very interesting, and this isn't in the blog, this is as Brad actually perfectly set up, um, always looking at this data was, I want now looking at the August data, right? Because the federal unemployment money left at the end of July. And in July, we were seeing for our clients that we managed their recruitment budgets, application cost was around 540, was at 549. In August, it's at 506. It's dropped a lot. And in a a marketing roundtable call I was in last week, it's been a mixed bag. It's been some companies are seeing that happen where cost per application is down, application totals are getting better. Some other companies aren't seeing that. They're seeing it's still a struggle in certain markets. So it's very interesting to see this work across the country to where Milwaukee or maybe Pennsylvania and Georgia, it's not getting better. But in you know Washington State, or I think I, you know, one of our clients in the Michigan area, right, South Bend, Indiana, Northern Michigan, their application totals are improving. So it's very interesting to see in these uncertain times, there are no common trends anywhere in the country. First off, shout out South Bend. Nice, out nice out Notre Bend. Dame reference there. I got gotcha. you. Please give us college football if it's safe. <laughs> Go Irish. And two, Matt, there's probably a lot of people listening right now that are thinking, this data is great, but how the heck do I even come up with these numbers for myself? Or this data sounds really interesting, but I don't even know where to get started into finding my own numbers. What do you recommend for the average staffing firm who is doing the best they can, but they don't know these actual conversion numbers? They don't know these rates. Where, where can we get started? I would say there's there's three metrics to look at. Number one is the easiest. It's the amount of applications you're getting. 
that yeah. we should be able to find. If you have a dashboard that can show that with your job board or with your, your Google Analytics or maybe even in your ATS, analyze that information. And then if you are spending on job boards, you know, Indeed, ZipRecruiter, other job boards, work with your, your company rep or whoever is managing that spend to look at the cost per application, right? How much does it cost you to get an application? If you have 10 applications and you're spending $100, it's $10 an application. We like simple math. But then if you want to take it to that next level, even is maybe a conversion rate. And by conversion rate, I mean, if 100 people click on your job, how many times is somebody applying? You know, we want to see it, you know, around five or 6% if it's on your company's website, if it's a quick apply process on Indeed or ZipRecruiter, upwards of 10 to 20%, you know, is, is success. So the three metrics to look at, right, are total applications, which I'm guessing a lot of companies know, but really look at the data and don't make it anecdotal. Your cost per application, right? How much does it literally cost for you to get an application? And then if you want to take it to that next level, conversion rates. You know, when somebody clicks on your job, how often are they applying? And that number can give you a lot of information um, that can help you improve your job advertising and postings. And honestly, sounds like a really good future segment for insights. Sure does. Looks like Matt gave everyone a little bit of homework here, a little bit of a challenge definitely think through those metrics. Think through how those numbers are impacting your staffing and recruiting firm. Think through then how were you performing at the beginning of the year, this time last year. Work through those numbers. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to Matt Lozar on LinkedIn. You can reach out to our team at Haley Marketing. We would love to help. You can certainly reach out to Matt on LinkedIn and, and let him know what you're seeing in, in terms of your metrics. I know Matt would love to have that conversation with you. And we're, this is, you know, get released on, on a Wednesday. If you're listening when we get released or if after, you know, a couple of days after head over to lunchwithhaley.com. We have a webinar with partnered with AppCast called Sim Super Simple Tactics to Improve Your Job Descriptions. And that's great information because AppCast has so much data. You know, it, one example is they know application cost is up, you know, 60 to hundred percent since the start of the year. So if your cost per application is higher now than it was in January, that's not a surprise. So what can you do to really improve that? And that webinar will help us, will provide some tips for staffing agencies and recruiters to, to improve their conversion rates and get more applications for their jobs when compared to your competitors. And if you missed the live recording of that Lunch with Haley presentation, please don't feel like you can't watch it. You can go to lunchwithhaley.com. The very top of your screen, you'll see a section that says webinars on demand. You can click that button and you'll be taken to a page that shows you every Lunch with Haley webinar that we've ever released. That's our show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. Have a question for us? You could tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at haleymarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators. For my podcast partner, Matt Lozar, this is Brad Biley. We'll see you next time.